Owl Dog Hour, episode 22. For real subscribers only, we don't have time for anybody else because we're going to get right into it today. You're going to get an inside look on the epicenter of American media and social media as it stands right now. Now, first things first, the Owl Dog's agenda could not be more clear. Everything I do is building towards February of 2023. I have my first book coming out. March of 2023, I have my second book coming out. So everything I do is sort of building towards that. This podcast is a necessity, and it's probably the favorite, my favorite thing that I do. And for you listeners, you're going to get the most insightful look into American media today from somebody who's vastly experienced in this field. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Pretty much my own personal agenda, what I'm doing, the books I'm working on. What I'm kind of building and working towards is a life where I do a book once a year, an awesome fucking book every year, and other than that, an hourly podcast once a week. And that's the relationship that we have, and then we just fucking kick ass from there. I'm probably going back to work in a couple weeks full time, so... um no matter what, I'm going to be doing a podcast an hour a week. And then with the new full-time gig, um, because I've been working part-time since like March, right? Since I've been getting everything off the ground, I've been finishing my books, working on a second book. The second book is 65,000 words right now, which is epic. To put things into context, a 100,000 word book is about 200 pages, my first book is 100,000 words, approximately 200 pages. So I'm 65,000 words deep on my second book. So first one's hitting in February, second one's hitting in March. Today, right now, the Owl Dog Hour, episode 22, you're going to get the best insight into American media and the general media landscape as it stands today because it is essentially about power and it is about narrative. We're going to talk about Tate because, as many of you know, I interviewed Andrew Tate in 2018. I have the best interview out of everybody on the internet. Tonight, Tucker Carlson will be interviewing Andrew Tate. Translation, Tucker Carlson is about four and a half years behind the Al dog. So I told you you're going to get the best insight into American media today. I wasn't kidding. I'm four and a half years ahead of Tucker Carlson um, and I'm about four years ahead of everybody else, period, on most things. I'm going to tell you what I think the agenda is. And a lot of you guys, about a handful of you guys, have sent me material that backs up what I'm saying in regards to the timeline that is coming the next year and a half. So that's what we're going to talk about. The Al Dog's agenda is clear. I'm going to become an epic fiction author. That's a reality. I don't think anybody can do a comedy fiction book better than I can. Pre-order the charter today. Um, but it, you know, come February, I'm going to put myself in a situation that I'm going to be doing video every day, February, March. When I did video, it, it was so powerful that we're just starting to feel the effects four years in advance. And when I'm talking video, I'm talking YouTube, uh, streaming, 
reaction videos, and from there, shilling books. That is the agenda, and that is something that I will execute because I personally don't like people who just talk about ideas and don't do them. If I say I'm going to do something, I do it, you know, and I'm dead serious about it. How many people do you know that like want to write a book or say they're going to write a book? They never fucking do it. I fucking do it, man. I wrote a book called The Charter. It's outrageous. Second book, Radical Ascension, about a surf assassin. This surf assassin book, it takes place in the late 90s. And what I'm working on right now is our main character and his girlfriend. They're at Woodstock 99, okay? And that's the scene that I'm writing right now. And so that's what I'm going to be up to after this broadcast is complete. But let's talk about the Tate thing. Because I think that on this particular day puts so many things into context, right? So he's been in our neighborhood for a while. He's a personal friend of mine. He's been in this sphere of the internet for a long time, probably since 2015 that I'm aware of. Eh, Maybe a bit after that, 2016, 2017-ish. But I made friends with him in 2018, as we all know. Today, tonight, he'll be on Tucker Carlson for a big interview, probably the biggest in the game. This particular phenomenon exploits so much. Many people think he could potentially be compromised. Many people think that he's a Freemason. Uh, You know, other people think he's a special agent operation, you know, influence operator, something like that. And I don't think any of those things fucking matter. Here's my hot take on the situation. I don't give a shit. And um, because the owl dog operates on a simple code. I don't say anything about people that I wouldn't say to their face. And in regards to Tate, he's a personal friend, you know, and I don't participate in Hustlers University. I don't care about those things. Um, I don't participate in uh, the war room. I don't really care. What I care about is radical simplification, writing books, building houses, building my own future to kick ass, replicate owl dogs, potentially 10 of them, you know, with a wonderful woman. That's the agenda of the owl dog, period. So I don't necessarily care about other people's agendas if I don't care. Many people think that Tate has been compromised. And that's an interesting conspiracy theory because you have to consider, first of all, a lot of there's a lot of mentally ill conspiracy theorists on the internet. Let's be fucking real. Secondly, compromising somebody would be pretty fucking easy or simply incentivizing. So I don't think of in terms of whether some person is a, you know, agent provocateur, uh, controlled opposition. I think more so is this person compromised or is this person potentially Uh, simply incentivized, right? Those are things to consider. I don't think that is the case with Tate currently because I don't think he planned on, you know, his Instagram, YouTube, all of it uh, getting banned, right? All of it, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And that's just how it starts because we've seen this trajectory since about 2016 uh, with so many different people. We've seen this exact trajectory. You get big, you become super influential, then then 
you get banned from everything. Let's just do a quick list of names of people who this has happened to before. Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, Gavin McInnes, Nick Fuentes. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but those are the big names that come to mind, right? So those people, when you, especially when you talk about the Gavins and the Nick Fuentes and the Milo, and the, oh, Owen Benjamin, of course, Owen Benjamin. What happens is those people are very, very talented. They're very funny. They're entertaining. They're intelligent. Don't care about how you feel about them personally. That's the objective truth. Oh, and my friend, Dr. Shiva, he got banned from Twitter. So these things happen all the time, right? And with a particular talented person or group of people, they can sway the narrative. They can appeal to enough people, be effective via humor, via wit, you know, intelligence, being charming. When you accumulate an audience that can sway the narrative, that can change the, the direction, not, not the direction, but change the flow of the river. Maybe, you know, people go off stream, they, they start their new stream. That is when the establishment puts the kibosh on you, right? And they make it very difficult for you to reach the millions of people that you are reaching. Because media is effectively about power. It's about reaching hearts and minds, eyeballs and ears. So a narrative can basically brainwash the masses. Think about it, man. I mean, the masses got brainwashed into invading Iraq, you know, into invading Afghanistan. That's how powerful media is. Before these things can happen, the narrative needs to be controlled right? Some guy in a cave took down the towers. Therefore, the United States military needs to invade Afghanistan to take control of the opiate trade, right? The narrative is the most important thing. Or with um, Iraq, (laughs) which was kind of a weak narrative, right? It's like, Saddam's really mean and he's really bad. So we got to invade the whole fucking country and establish pipelines, right? That was kind of the synopsis of the Iraq war. Um, you know, think about the, I, the Elon Musk narrative is absolutely fucking ridiculous. I don't know how people buy into it. It's just one day this super genius figured out a way to travel to Mars and nobody else can figure it out. And now he's the richest man on the earth and all the old money just disappeared because Elon is just so mega smart. Right. And he's, he only, you know, comes back to earth to do podcasts and to tweet. That's the only time he's not traveling in space is when he's doing those really important things. So we've seen this before and it's interesting to see that all these Tate fans, they've never seen, um, people get, it's not getting canceled. It's getting banned from everything. And so this will happen to a media figure and then a lot of their fans and even some of the, um, ideologues, will say, hey, we believe in free speech. And then there's another, oh, it's a private company. Uh, dear, this can be... None of those things are relevant. None of those things are relevant at all. Politics isn't real. Power is. So when you accumulate the star power like a Tate has, like an Owen Benjamin has, they have 
Nick Fuentes did. Uh, my, when you accumulate star power, and that star power isn't being used by the establishment, they get you out of the paint. They hurt your ability to have the influence that you once had. Okay? Now, do I think Tate made some mistakes? Yeah, I think he was somewhat naive in um, his own ability, perhaps overconfident in his own ability to essentially red pill the masses as he thought, because that's not going to be allowed to happen. If you want to play the mainstream media game, you have to play by their rules. Somebody like Tucker Carlson, for example, Tucker Carlson's completely controlled opposition. I've never watched a episode of Tucker Carlson. I never will. Very likable big guy. Very likable guy. Very charming, very funny guy. I'm not arguing that. But he's not going to say or do anything that is outside the confines of what the establishment approves of. Now, if you start playing with the mainstream media, you have to play by their rules or they will get you out of the paint. They don't care about being entertaining. They don't care about being funny. They don't care about any of that shit, right? They really don't. They care about the fact that X amount of people are receiving Y amount of message over and over and over and over again, right? It's all completely painful. And I don't watch television. I won't, I rarely, very rarely am in the same room as a television. I don't like being around it, period. Can't stand it. Um, because once you know it's all brainwashed, it's basically impossible to watch. That being said, Tate was, you know, basically cozying up to sort of the mainstream media establishment. He wanted to do uh, an interview with Oprah. I don't know if he was kidding, but he put that on his story. He wanted to do, to do an interview with Oprah. You're not going to be allowed to do that without a setup. They sort of build you up to take you out. Now, it's interesting that the, the fag casts, I call them, like the, the full sends, the port soy of NARP stool sports. It was interesting that before he, his mega rise, he went on all these um, pretty whack normie podcasts, you know, like port soy, um, like full send, all these very big, very astroturfed podcasts kind of built up his brand to a seriously monstrous thing. And then they just sort of, uh, not them personally, but the attack came after that. It was almost as if he was built up to be brought down. Now, as for people, there are so many people speculating on the internet, whether or not, you know, Tate is controlled opposition, blah, blah, blah. Whether he's a federal agent, all these things. And, I don't think that's the case. However, I think he would be, it would be somewhat easy to compromise somebody with, um, who has a promiscuous set of behaviors, right? I think that would, playbook wise, that would be easy to do. Now, you know, my hot take is that it doesn't fucking matter. I don't give a fuck if somebody's a fed. I really don't because you know what? Me personally, I'm not Pablo Escobar. You know, I've been completely transparent about my life and what I do and what my aims are. I aim to be the funniest nonfiction writer in the game, period, and do other books after that once a year, podcast an hour a week. Other than that, it's going back to fucking work. You see what I'm saying here? So I'm not Pablo fucking Escobar, 
right? And I don't give a fuck if somebody is a fed or not. I, I genuinely don't care. And a lot of these mentally ill people on the internet need to realize that they're not Pablo fucking Escobar. Nobody gives a fuck about their memes. Nobody gives a fuck about their movements. Yeah, you might get banned for not adhering to the narrative. You might get suspended for not adhering to the narrative on Twitter or whatever social media platform. But ultimately, that doesn't really matter. You know, what matters is what you're doing personally in your own world. Now, conspiracy theories can be avoid an avoidance technique for a lot of people where they dive into this material and then it provides excuses for them not to perform in their own world, in their own domain. That is entirely unacceptable, right? And you're seeing that a lot. You can formulate a gematria narrative. <laughs> you can formulate a fucking gematria narrative um, for damn near anything. And now I have some personal experience with this. So 2018 Chadcast, right? I was personally friends with Nick Fuentes. I was personally friends with Dr. Shiva. And then I would see people formulate conspiracies about them on the internet, popular channels, specifically this guy, Zach Hubbard. He did videos on Nick Fuentes and he did videos on Dr. Shiva where he uh, made this numbers-based narrative about how they're part of the cabal. And I know for a fact it was complete bullshit. This is a and I check out this guy's stuff sometimes. It's um, the Gematri effect with Zach Hubbard. So he's creating these narratives about these guys that I know personally, that I know is bullshit. I've had conspiracy theories about me personally. I thought it was hilarious. So the Tate situation here, we are at ground zero because I had the best interview out of everybody. And this particular media phenomenon has exploited so much, has exploited the nature of the game where, you know, Tate, in my view, is very much in the matrix. I think that materialism is very much so in the matrix. And another guy that I don't, I don't think I'd ever want to hang out with, to be honest, but he probably lives a better lifestyle than Tate is Owen Benjamin. In my view, he lives on a farm. He's got four kids, you know, good looking wife. He lives a better lifestyle than Tate, in my view. He's more off the matrix than Andrew Tate is, in my view. I think materialism is the matrix, right? In a sense, it matters, but at the same time, it doesn't. Now, as far as the inside baseball of American media today, let's talk about a complete goofball. Let's talk about Scott Adams, complete idiot, moron. He grifted off the Trump movement in 2016, had a, a good book. His one book that I have read is good. It's called like How to Fail at Everything and Still Make It Big. Very good book. Complete idiot. Uh, completely fell for the whole Bologna agenda. Guarantee he's going to fall for banana pox. The worst takes on the internet. A very disingenuous guy. But I'm going to give you guys the inside baseball. So... Dr. Shiva 2020 is blowing up and he, um, I used to schedule media for him and he's asking me like, yo, should I go on with Scott Adams? I was like, yeah, definitely. Scott Adams got a huge audience, blah, blah, blah. So Scott Adams and Dr. Shiva would have conversations right on, uh, I think it was Periscope at the time. It was some live streaming Twitter platform. And what would happen is Dr. Shiva would make Scott Adams look like a complete moron. Like Scott Adams was so slow 
and so dumb in comparison um, to the point where they stopped doing it. And then after Scott started dissing him, Scott started dissing him in 2020, Dr. Shiva was um, basically exposing Scott Adams and kind of exposing how dumb he was. And then Scott Adams would diss him back. And I think that's partially what got Dr. Shiva banned because Scott Adams is this kind of controlled opposition. He's going to give you a not so obvious establishment take. And so all the Trump people gravitate towards him versus some guy, Dr. Shiva is like, Hey, Scott Adams, you're an idiot. Then Dr. Shiva got taken off Twitter. What does that tell us? It tells us that a not so obvious establishment shill basically like Scott Adams is put there to provide a, a counter narrative to the dominant narrative. Now, Scott's like, oh, dear, I watch CNN and Fox News. Dear, look at my take. I'm really smart. Meanwhile, uh, he's it's rumored that he's courted Bill Gates specifically for funding of one of his vendor, ventures, right? So that's some that's an example, right? That's a perfect fucking example of somebody being incentivized, potentially financially. I don't know for sure, but that's the rumor, okay? Speaking about financials, and I want to bring it back to the Tate thing for one very, very important point. I became a fan of his in 2017, 2018, when I heard him on a Paul Joseph Watson interview talk about how depression isn't real. I tend to agree with that. I don't think that depression is real. I don't think anxiety is real. I don't think ADD is real. There's a whole multitude of diseases and ailments I don't think are fucking real. I think that the narrative is out there in order for products to be sold. Speaking of which, when you had this giant audience that Tate still has, but he definitely had on social media, and you're saying that, hey, this is bullshit, that is bullshit, certain cartels that are selling that bullshit with these bullshit narratives are going to get upset, right? So if you're telling people that, you know, this narrative isn't true and they need that narrative to sell their products, you become an issue for them. So that might have been a factor in the banning of all of his accounts because he was messing with the cartels that sell anti-anxiety, anti-depression, those cartels. And I'm using that word specifically because they're no different from the drug cartels, in my view. They're just more organized and they have better buildings, basically. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, so that's an important point I want to bring up. But the overall theme here is that there are no heroes on social media. There are no heroes in the media. You got to be your own hero, your own king of your own world, whatever that is. Become the best at whatever it is you want to become the best at and become obsessed with it. Like I am obsessed with creating these fiction books Order the first one now. Pre-order it right now. I'm telling you, it's the book of the year 2023. I want to have two books of the year 2023. And most of what I do, every step I take is in regards to that launch. But the Owl Dog Hour, without question, is the premier audio podcast in the game. I have no doubts. I'm doing this show, episode 22, 
only for real subscribers at $5 a month. The free subscribers, I will be sending them an email and telling them how lame they are for not being real subscribers. And that's just the reality of the situation. And today exemplifies that I'm four years ahead of the game in regards to the media. Objectively true, right? Now, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but a handful of people have have sent me things telling me like, hey, I think you're right about the timeline of events moving forward where psychedelic drugs become legal and then potentially we'll see a completely fake Project Blue Beam scenario. That's what I've been predicting. The signs are there. But other than that, in regards to predictions, the Al Diggity Dog is going to bet a bunch of money on Texas over Alabama September 10th. I'm going for it. And if I lose, whatever, because I'm going back to work. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I don't really care. But potentially winning big. Sort of like um, I predicted the Super Bowl in September, and I won pretty big uh, back in February with the Super Bowl, betting on the Rams. So I hope this is a situation similar to that. Not financial advice. I'm not a big bet guy. I only do futures bets, specifically in football. But just letting you guys know the exclusive info on what the Owl Dog is up to next. Owl Dog Hour Episode 22, one hour a week. Just a whoop-ass audio performance. This is how we roll. This is how we do. And we're building every single fucking day. Have a great week, guys. I can't wait to talk to you again. 